We have a new sermon series, which we are starting uh, this morning, and it's called The Buttons We Push. And there are numerous buttons in life that we are tempted uh, to push. We live in a world of technology. We're full of buttons in our cars, buttons on our car stereos, buttons on our phones that we press. And we're going to be looking at four buttons over the course of September. The snooze button, which is this morning's uh, talk, the volume button, the panic button, whoop, 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 and the big red one. I'm not sure what the big red one is, but it sounds ominous, doesn't it? It's the kind of thing you don't press the big red button. But sometimes we're tempted to do that because we've been told not to do that. Just to say, I'm going to be preaching uh, on snooze and volume. Um, Becky, our digital lead, who's put together this series, is going to be teaching on um, the panic button. And then we've got a guy called Duncan, Duncan Banks, who heads up the Further Fast Network, of which we belong to. He's going to be coming here and preaching to us on the big red button. So I'm excited. So we're going to be looking at hitting the snooze button. Now, I have got coming up in two weeks, well, two weeks on Sunday, because I will not be here, I am doing a the Rygate, Run Rygate. I'm doing a 10K. Now, it sounded great when I went to start it, when I booked it months ago, but now I'm thinking I've got two weeks. I haven't got to distance yet. Also, it's a lot hillier in Rygate than it is in Hawley. I'm getting a little bit panicky, a little, feel a bit, a bit sick about it because for numerous reasons, I haven't done all the training I planned to do. At the beginning, I thought, this is going to be easier. I, I planned it out, but I had a couple of injuries. And also, life's just busy, isn't it? I haven't got time necessarily to go for a run for a half an hour to an hour or so. So I put it off, and now I'm feeling a bit panicky about it. And actually, I'm a bit like that. Are you a sort of person that leaves things to the last minute? I remember um, at university, I went to university and was 18 years old. Um, I went and did an engineering degree at Loughborough, and I got there. It was the first time in my educational life where I didn't have someone telling me that I had to get up, and I had to go to lessons, and I had to do the work. So what I would do, our friends, would, me and my friends, would go to the lecture at 9 o'clock. We'd do the 50-minute lecture. And then we'd say, should we go have a cup of tea? And we'd have a cup of tea, but then we wouldn't go to the rest of the lectures in the day. So unsurprisingly, when I got to the end of my first year of a master's in engineering, I failed my first year. I had to retake three modules over the summer holidays, and they chucked me off the master's course and put me on the bachelor's course because I kept hitting the snooze button. That's what the snooze button is, isn't it? It's like, I'm supposed to be getting up, but oh, just a little bit longer. I just put it off just a bit. I hit the snooze button. I'll get up later. And we hit the snooze button in all sorts of areas. Like, for example, Ellie's not here today because she's at a birthday party, but we never got around to getting the birthday present. Sometimes I get as far as looking on Amazon, finding the birthday present I want and going, oh, I'll get it later. Now, Amazon Prime is great for that, but sometimes you leave it too late. You hit the snooze button too many times. And actually, we can have that in all sorts of areas, but sometimes it can be really serious areas in our lives as well. Maybe it's our health. Maybe we've woken up to maybe I'm not as healthy. Maybe there's some health issues that I need to sort out, but I'll put it off. I'll hit the snooze button on it, and I'll sort it out later. I've got too many other things to do. Maybe we do that in our relationships, maybe even in our marriages. Where we think things are not as they should be, but I'm busy, I'll sort that out, and we hit the snooze button. Now, 
Maybe also we've done that with our relationship with God. Perhaps we know that things are not as they should be, that I've not got that relationship with God that I would like, but actually life is busy. Maybe this time of life isn't the right time of life, so I hit the snooze button again. I put it off till later. We saw that very much in the pandemic. The pandemic was a wake-up call. The alarm went off for lots of people saying, whoa, death is just around the corner potentially, because it was very scary in the first lockdown. It's still scary, but particularly in the first lockdown when we didn't know what was going on. And what we saw is a surge of people watching our services online, trying to make a spiritual connection. And we probably hit the peak of our views around the sort of Easter time, May, April time. But then over time, we get used to it. Go, ah, actually, I just hit the snooze button. I'll sort that out later. I'll put it to one side and our viewing figures go down. And maybe that's for you as well, that maybe I'm just not at that place that I know I should be, but I just hit the snooze button. So I want to offer you this morning some steps to ensure that you don't oversleep. You don't continue to hit the snooze button on those important things in life. I want us to discover a reason to wake up and stop hitting the snooze button. And we're going to be looking at, and if you've got a Bible, you might want to turn with me to 2 Chronicles and chapter 34. It's found in the New Testament. And Chronicles chronicles the history, really, of uh, Israel and the different kings. A lot of the verses are paralleled in the books 1 King and 2 Kings as well. So we're going to be looking at a particular story of King Josiah, and that is also found in Kings as well, where we're going to look at 2 Chronicles chapter 34. And just to set the context, Israel was called to be the people of God, chosen by God to be his nation. He would bless them. But what we see as we go through the Old Testament is this downward spiral of the nation of Israel gradually getting worse and worse, moving further away from being in that close relationship of, of God, being a place where God's kingdom was, and they were getting to the point where they'd even forgotten about who God was and that relationship they were supposed to have with them. And you have this series of kings. Some are good, some are bad, but most of them are bad and getting worse. And then we come to King Josiah. Let's do that other way. Now, King Tutai tells us he became king at the age of eight. That seems a bit young for a king, but he became king at age eight. But by the time he was 16, he was seeking the will of God like his ancestor David. So we go back generations and you get to King David, who was a shining light in terms of kings in the nation of Israel. And Josiah looks at him as an example rather than the kings that had come before him. But at age 20, he purifies the entire religious community of idols because the nation had forgotten their God and, and picked up the idols of the surrounding um, cultures. And by age 26, he begins a massive construction project on the temple. He puts money into that place where they worshipped God. Let's read 2 Chronicles chapter 34 together. And then um, what I'll do, I'll pick out bits that maybe give us some steps so it can help us in our life Stop hitting the snooze button. So 2 Chronicles 34, verse 14. Give Susanna time to find that. While they were bringing out the money that had been taken into the temple of Lord, 
Hilkiah, the priest, found the book of the law of the Lord that had been given through Moses. Now, the book of the law, or the Torah, is the, what if we, in our Bibles, obviously they didn't have all of the Bible, it was the first five books of the Bible. So if I look at my contents, so I don't get this wrong, it is Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy. And these five books, not only do they tell us about creation of the world, but it also tells about God's covenant, his relationship, his marriage to the people of Israel. He says, I'm going to be your God, you're going to be my people. I'm going to bless you. You're going to have an amazing life, an amazing nation, but only if you follow the rules and the regulations that I've set out for you. If you live as if you are part of my kingdom as if you are my people because if you don't you're going to end up in serious trouble that's what the book of law says and Hilkiah finds this book of the lords uh, that had been given through Moses and Hilkiah said to uh, Shaphan now Shaphan was the guy that Josiah had put in charge of the temple restoration um, I says I have found the book of the law in the temple of the Lord and he gave it to Shaphan then Shaphan took the book to the king and reported to him your officials are doing everything that's being committed to them Verse 18, and Shaphan the secretary informed the king, Hilkiah the priest has given me a book. Oh, it sounds like we're in a book club. Sounds interesting. And Shaphan read from it in the presence of the king. So he reads the entire five books from Moses. And how does Josiah respond? You go, oh, that was quite interesting. A bit boring in part. Okay. Uh, no, this is what he does. In verse 19, when the king heard the words of the Lord, he tore his robes. He suddenly thought, oh my goodness me. We are in so much trouble because as a nation, we have been hitting the snooze button. In fact, we've hit the snooze button so many times that we have fallen asleep as a nation. We are no longer the nation of God that we are called to be. We are just the same as everyone else. We've forgotten who we are. We've forgotten what we are called to do. We've lost sense of direction and purpose, and therefore we have lost the blessing of God. Verse 20, he gave these orders to Hilkiah. Oh, there's loads of difficult words. Uh, Ihikam, oh, this is great for you signing. Ihikam, son of Shaphan, Abdon, son of Micah, Shaphan, the secretary, and Isaiah, Isaiah, the king's attendant, go and inquire the Lord for me and for the remnant of Israel and Judah about what is written in this book that has been found. Great is the, is the Lord's anger that has poured out on us because those who have gone before us have not kept the word of God. They have hit the snooze button. I've forgotten who they're called to be. See, the first thing, we, first thing we need to do, if we are to wake up and stop hitting the snooze buttons in these important areas in our life, is recognize. Recognize there is a problem that needs to be sorted out. There is something that needs to be Done. There are consequences to us not doing what we are called to do. Perhaps it's recognizing your marriage is on the rocks. Perhaps it's recognizing that your finances have got out of hand. Maybe it's recognizing that your health is getting dangerous. But not only do you need to recognize, you also need to respond as well. You need to do something about it. You need to be honest 
with yourself. So if you were watching um, Going Deeper last Sunday, uh, we had a chat with Jason who uh, preached our last sermon series on the, the Jesus way and talked about those keystone habits about Jesus. And he talked about the fact that he gets up at half past four every morning um, just to listen to God, to be silent, to pray. When everyone else is asleep, he's up uh, spending time with God. And he said that it's difficult because what he does, you know, your alarm goes off. You all know what it is. We hit the snooze button. He's got a special app that he uses that means he has to get up. And in order to turn the alarm off, he has to do a, a series of actions. I think he has to go and take a picture, a photo of a picture with his phone in his office. So he gets up and gets moving. So you need to recognize, but we need to respond as well. And that is exactly what Josiah does. He responds and gets moving, tells other people about it, and responds to the issue he sees uh, before him. And perhaps you need to respond as well. It's okay recognizing there's issues, but you need to respond to those issues. You need to do something about your finances, your relationships, your health problem, because the problems are not going to go away. They're only going to get worse. See, are you putting off doing what you know needs to be done? What requires immediate attention? Are you just hitting the snooze button and putting it off till later? Are you falling back into a blissful, deep sleep of ignorance? Some of these problems you don't want to face, do we? It's scary having a health, a health issue. Actually, sometimes it's tempting just to ignore it and hope that it will go away. Maybe your finances are so overwhelming, you just want to just not look at those bank statements. I had a, uh, my old boss never used to open any uh, bank statements. He didn't open uh, his payslip. I'm quite happy opening my payslip for something. You know, I quite like knowing what I've go got going in. He, wouldn't, he just didn't want to know. And maybe you're like that as well. Maybe your relationships, you just don't want to pretend that everything's okay when really it's not. Carry on, verse 29. Then the king called together all the elders of Judah and Jerusalem. He went up to the temple of the Lord and the people of Judah, the inhabitants of Jerusalem, the priests and the Levites, all the people from the least to the greatest. He read in their hearing all the words of the book of the covenant, which had been found in the temple of the Lord. And the king stood by his pillar and renewed the covenant in the presence of of the Lord, that covenant that God had made with his people all those years ago that had been forgotten. Josiah responds. He wakes up, he does something, and he, he recommits himself and the nation of Israel. So that's what, that's what we need. That's the third thing we need to do. We just need to recommit to doing something to fix the problem. I heard it said it's direction, not intention, that determines your destination. So many times we have good intentions, don't we? But we don't actually move anywhere. It's our direction, not our intention, that determines our destination. And maybe you need to start moving, commit to a destination and move in that direction. For me, in order to get my exercise, I have to book a 10K. So I know if I haven't got a target to go for, I'm not going to do anything about it. My life is far too busy. Maybe for you, it's book, you need to book a holiday before you burn out. Maybe you need to book an appointment with the bank manager so you can talk about your finances, get a date in the diary. 
Maybe you need to book a date night with your husband or wife and make time out for them. You need to recognize, you need to respond, you need to commit to doing something. And commitment requires maybe putting a date in the diary or making an appointment. Set a direction and start walking. Don't procrastinate. James, brother of Jesus, in his book says, faith without actions is dead. Faith without actions is dead. Maybe in your relationship with God, you have a faith. But for some reason, over COVID, maybe you got to the point where you just hit the snooze button and you're not acting anymore. You're not doing anything about it. Maybe you need to set a target and make a decision and commit to going in the right direction. Last thing. Also, we need to remove those obstacles that get in the way. So verse 33, Josiah removed all the detestable idols from all the territory belonging to the Israelites. And he had all who were present in Israel serve the Lord their God. As long as he lived, they did not fail to follow the Lord, the God of their ancestors. So the nation was littered with idols, fertility statues, you know, God they would pray to for their harvest, for children, for all for money, for all sorts of things in their life. And Josiah had to spend part of his reign removing all those temptations, all those strongholds of the enemy in their life. Because the reality is, if you leave these things in your life, then the temptation will always be there to hit the snooze button. And culture is full of things that tempts us to hit the snooze button and just go back to sleep. Netflix. Binge watch on Netflix. I don't need to sort out the problems because I should just watch Netflix. I can play computer games. I don't need to act out in the world because I can act out in my own fantasy world online or on the computer. Maybe for you, work is the place you escape to rather than sort out the problems in your family and in your relationships. Maybe it's Amazon, online shopping. Maybe it's pornography. All these things that lull us into a sleep and cause us to hit the snooze button. So do you know, I discovered this last week, because I've got to get up now in the morning to take the kids to school, you can turn the snooze button off on my phone. I can set an alarm and I can turn the snooze button off so I cannot hit the snooze button. Now that's dangerous because you could just fall asleep. But actually, I'm the sort of person that if there's not a snooze button, I get up because I don't want to miss anything. You can turn the snooze button off. I can remove that. What are the snooze buttons in your life that you need to remove? And the key in this, we see in Josiah, Josiah didn't do this alone. He called his officials around him, and he called the entire nation, and they did this together. I'm just going to read to you from Hebrews chapter 10 as we come to a close. Um, There's Hebrews in the Bible. There it is. It's in the New Testament. Hebrews chapter 10. I'm just going to read verses 23 to 25. Let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess. Let us hold on to it. Let us seize it. Let us retain without wavering to the hope that we have. For he who promised is faithful. And let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds. Let us not give up meeting together, as some are in the habit of doing, but let us encourage one another, and all the more as you see the day approaching. The great thing about church, I don't mean so much coming on a Sunday, but particularly being part of a 
Christian community, our home group, a prayer triplet, a prayer group. It's about spurring one another on, about encouraging one another, helping you have one another to overcome those strongholds, those difficulties, those obstacles, those snooze buttons in your life, helping you set a direction and keep on walking in it. Because God has a purpose for your life. There is a reason for you to wake up in the morning and stop hitting the snooze button. You have a God-given purpose. And you have a God who wants to give you an abundant and fulfilled life if you stop hitting the snooze button in your life. So let us, as a church, we're in the community, help you to discover the life that you were created for.